0: BYU Radio, 107.9 FM KUMT Randolph and KBYU FM HD2 Provo 10
1: 5 Touchdown Cougar We're Two Hours away from the kickoff BYU football
2: play fake for Wilson a deep drop goes for the back right pylon of the end zone he's got a touchdown and the Cougars open up on top
1: this is Cougar pregame live brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years Cougar pregame live is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda Nissan and Volkswagen in Orem to get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron let's join the host of Cougar pregame live Jason Shepard
3: Good morning, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. Today, the BYU Cougars are in Amherst, Massachusetts to face the UMass Minuteman. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah. Hopefully, your Saturday morning is treating you well. Hopefully, you're up at this point. It's a very rare 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff for BYU, joined by former BYU quarterback, riley nelson riley have you ever did you play a 10 a.m game or anything close to that during your career
4: no not that not that i can remember i uh i do remember a couple times you know 7 a.m wake up calls but that was you know breakfast meetings get on the bus go for probably a noon kick but but uh get it bright and early and come out here take care of business and get home in time for dinner
3: that's the name of the game certainly today's byu second to last regular season game the cougars secured their sixth win bowl eligibility, and an invitation to the Hawaii Bowl with last week's win over Idaho State. The Cougars now 6-4 and four overall. They will wrap up the regular season next week in San Diego against the Aztecs. Now, the Minutemen have had a season that they would certainly like to forget, winning just one game and losing 10, and this is their final regular season game. Riley, we'll get into the numbers in just a second, but to say that UMass is struggling... Would be an understatement.
4: I feel for them because in what I in I was in a similar situation as a freshman up at Utah State University. We were not very good. Now we weren't as. Uh, I mean, the depths of their despair, we did not reach those depths. But we didn't. Uh, we didn't produce many more wins, going two and ten my freshman year up at Utah State. And it is a depressing experience to say the least. That said, as a competitor, you keep fighting, and every opportunity to compete, you. You know, you go out there, at least you try and get half your guys. Some guys on the team, what UMass is dealing with is some guys on the team have already packed it in, probably packed it in a few games ago. But you've got some other ones that are still relish the opportunity to compete and play uh, an opportunity to play college football, and they're going to come out here and try and make some plays. So BYU still has to be on their guard, but this is – It's going to be a a game that will be very difficult for UMass to establish any kind of momentum or success.
3: If you're a senior on this UMass team, I think you probably feel the most for them because this is their last chance to play college football. At least if you're an underclassman, you, you can come back and maybe try and build on it and improve the situation. But if you're a senior, this is it. This is how you're ending your college career. Certainly not what they would have expected. Before the Cougars face the Minutemen, men, let's get to the three things you need to know. Number one. BYU taking its four-game winning streak into Amherst Mast. Face the 1-10 and 10. UMass Minutemen. Men, as we mentioned, BYU is bowl eligible. Heading to Hawaii on Christmas Eve. I think keeping motivation will be the key in this game, and, and you touched on that. Just get in, get your work done, get out. I think above anything else beyond just the win, though, I think the biggest thing BYU needs to do today is stay healthy. Get out of this game healthy
4: and move on. Yeah, staying healthy is uh, vital uh, because you just don't want – you have two more games that are going to be formidable opponents. San Diego State is one that uh, you know has one of the best defenses in the country. And then, of course, anytime – you know your bowl opponent – is going to be at least 500, right, it, if not better. Right. And so you know that they're a good program. And, and of course, everybody wants to – if you get eligible to, to play in a bowl game, you want to win it so you can carry that winning and good feeling into winter conditioning and spring ball. So, yeah, the first motivation is to stay healthy. And then second of all, you know, they didn't play too sharp against Idaho State. So I think there should be some desire to come out and, and clean up those mistakes against Idaho State last week. And then, two, make sure that you are humming – as they prepare to go down to play the Aztecs next week.
3: Let's move on to number two. (laughs) One of the biggest stories and maybe even the biggest story of the week is that BYU head coach Kalani Satake had his contract extended through the 2023 season. You're going to hear from Coach Satake coming up in Cougar Cuts a little bit later on. Kalani's deal now runs through, his current deal rather, runs through next season and then the new deal will begin in 2021 Uh, the players current and former uh, players have asked for this for a while tom Holmel even wore an extend kalani shirt after the win over idaho state and i think everybody to a man is really excited that head coach kalani sitake is locked up for a few more years
4: yeah i think he's deserved it i think if you look at all the dynamics of of the schedules that he has played against and uh, you know the injuries that have been dealt with over the course of his tenure of to key players uh, including this season right this season being no different and all of those things for him to to get this extension I think is great I think in his mind he he's saying man if you can just give me a few years with this young core because as you look across the contributors and you look across this roster it is Freshman, sophomore, redshirt freshman, junior, sophomore, sophomore. You know, it is a young, young core. So for him to be able to carry these guys, uh, you know, a lot of these freshmen and sophomores, uh, to be able to carry them through to their senior years is an opportunity I think he's relishing. Um, And then just to continue to build the program. There's been some minor setbacks, but the reality is it takes any coach a number of years to establish a foundation. And having uh, secured the extension this year, I think it's safe to say the foundation is built. And then we'll see uh, what is really exciting and intriguing is what will be built on top of that foundation in the coming three years.
3: Moving on to number three. (laughs) What can the BYU offense produce against the worst defense in FBS? And I mean that in literal terms. Listen to these numbers. The UMass defense gives up 551 yards per game and 52 points per game. You heard that correctly. 52 points per game the UMass defense is giving up. They give up 297 yards on the ground. They also give up 257 through the air. When you look at these numbers, Riley, as a quarterback, do you begin to salivate?
4: Yeah, well, y- you do and you don't. When you look at those rush numbers and you realize uh, th- this happened, and I maybe this is a little bit of personal experience, but most of the games uh, where I, it was a similar situation when I was playing for BYU, it was a great day for the running backs and not a great day for me. So I'm like, man, I missed an opportunity <laughs> to put up, you know, 304 TDs because we were handing the ball off all day. But, no, it's a, if, if, as far as the overall... Um, the overall performance of the offense, yeah, you do salve it. You come out, you expect that you should not punt, and you you know it, everything is dependent upon your own execution and when you get into the red zone, you should score touchdowns. If a drive does happen to stall, it should stall you know to where at least you can get some points out of it and and yeah, you do salve it, and you mention it as a quarterback, one of the things I think uh, or at least I would expect to see today is. You know, Zach Wilson came out, was a little rusty last week. We talked about how important it is to be banging on all cylinders going against San Diego, going against that San Diego State defense next week. Um, yeah, we can. You know, we could produce that 300 yards on the ground that they're averaging giving up. Uh, we could definitely do that. But to preserve running back health and then also to try and get your quarterback in, in a little bit of a rhythm for next week, I'd like to see him throw the ball, be where... Traditional reasoning would suggest that they would come out, you know, be very run-heavy. I'd like to see them, you know, explore and establish a little bit more of rhythm in the passing game, kind of looking forward to future weeks, and also not expose those running backs to unnecessary hits.
3: I'm with you on this. I, I think that this, with the game outcome... Not being in doubt, at least you would certainly expect that to be the case. I think this really is an opportunity to clean some things up. And you touched on it. You know, the game against the Bengals last week was not the crispest. The crisp was not the most crisp, is a better way to say that, uh, offensive execution game. So there's some things that you can work on. And I think that that's what you use today as, as an opportunity to kind of clean some of the th- those things up with the regular season finale next week. And then obviously you have the extra practices for the bowl game. but it's another game type situation where you can work on some of those things. And with Zach Wilson coming back in and having missed the seven games, you know he, he looked a little rusty, uh, still played well, but looked a little bit of rut, like he had a little bit of rust. You can kind of work through that. I think that's a big part of what today is all about beyond just getting the win and staying healthy
4: yeah and um you know one of the things that is going to be really important here is to just make sure that you take a step forward week week from week. Kalani talked about that in the post game last um, Uh, last game, last week, he came out and he talked about it, and he was like, I mean, he was happy to get the win and all, but he was like, man, we should not have had this, and we should not have had that, and we have to clean this up, and we have to clean that up. Here's one thing I will say, though, is that if they are going to work on the passing game, they're going to need to do it in the first half. They're only going to have two quarters to do it. Kalani Sitake's style is not one to run up the score or to or to you know be worried about style points he's going to do what makes most sense which means that as soon as you get a comfortable lead your your offense is architected to preserve that lead and and shorten the game by r- running the clock out but the the passing game does need some work so i think we'll see that work or at least i hope to see that work early and often and then uh you know once the once you can get a lead you preserve the win and and do that so uh, this is not a game where i expect this the starters to play too deep and i um and but So there's a little bit of pressure there that you need to take care of business early.
3: Coming up, lots of reaction to Kalani Satake's contract extension coming up in Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foe. We'll talk with UMass broadcaster Adam Frenier. It's coming up next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We're getting
3: you ready for BYU's second-to-last regular season game for the BYU Cougars. They are in Amherst, Massachusetts, taking on the UMass Minutemen, And And it's time to get to know the foe, joined by Adam Frenier, UMass broadcaster, joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Adam, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it.
5: My pleasure. Good morning to you.
3: Good morning to you. Uh, let's just go right to this. One in ten is going to wear on anybody. How has this team and this coaching staff handled a very trying season?
5: Well, the coaching staff has tried to put the the most positive face forward. You know, they've they're very young. Walt Bell's and only about 33, 34 years old. Most of his staff is of a similar age. They're very enthusiastic, and they've tried to stay that way this whole season. And the players that remain, you know, there's been some defections, there's been some injuries. You know, they continue to play hard. They continue to say the right things. Of course it wears on them, and, and they're trying their best not to show it. But uh, with a very young coaching staff, they certainly have kept the enthusiasm as ramped up as possible, while, while also, you know, admitting that it has been a tough season. Adam give us a little bit of a feel
4: for the program as i look at the roster i see you know there's recruiting all up and down the east coast and then a little bit from the midwest some some ohio some michigan guys and things like that his coach bell because the the reason why I ask is it's when you have really good players, it's easier to win football games, right, in addition to coaching staff and things like that. So where does UMass typically pull? You know, are they pulling mostly here from the Northeast? Are they pulling from, you know, the Florida area? Or are they pulling from the Ohio? Where is Coach Bell going to go this offseason to, you know, strengthen the roster that, he's, that he has today?
5: Well, Coach Bell, first of all, Riley, has started trying to win the Northeast, you know, try to beat out Boston College and UConn and, schools like that particularly in new england trying to you know get the best players he can from massachusetts and surrounding states and then kind of work out from there along the mid atlantic the previous coaching staff under mark whipple you know they would look a little bit more towards the florida area they would look more in the mid-atlantic but it seems like walt bell has really tried to focus on uh, the six state new england region and then spread out from there
3: talking with adam frenier umass broadcaster here on cougar pregame live Adam and Riley are in Amherst, Massachusetts. I'm back in our BYU radio studios in Provo. And you had mentioned that this is a young team, and I, I think I saw that the Minutemen are tied for second in FBS for the most true freshman to start a game this year. Is that one of the biggest reasons why this season has played out? What, what do you pinpoint the reason why this team is 1-10?
5: Well, I think part of it, you have to go back to what they lost from last year. They were 4-8, and eight, but they were in most of the games they played last year. They lost two starting quarterbacks because they used both of them. They lost a starting running back. They lost Andy Isabella, a very fast wide receiver who's now playing on Sundays for the Arizona Cardinals. So no matter what happened there, you know that was a lot to have to replace then you have a coaching change you know there was a number of defections right after that happened you know as typical when a coaching change happens and there were some that left the program as the season got going then you throw in the injuries you know the next thing you know you're having to start four and five freshmen true freshmen on your defense particularly up front that's been been a huge problem i think and i think the other thing is they've had difficulty settling on a quarterback you know they've been going back and forth between randall west and andrew brito and to a lesser extent michael curtis and you know that can not being able to have that go-to quarterback has not helped them on the offense and being just so young on the defensive side that's that's been the problem there
4: adam you're a graduate of umass and you mentioned that coach bell's focus is to win his backyard right the six state new england region Give us a feel, uh, an atmosphere, and the support around this program. Is, is uh, do people kind of, I, I, obviously, it's cold. The season hasn't gone how everyone hoped, so maybe, you know, McGurk Stadium won't be full today, but. The support for this program, does it kind of expand beyond just here the in the Amherst area? Are, the, are we getting people from Springville, from greater New England? Does it go, talk to us a little bit about the uh, alumni or support base for UMass football.
5: Well, typically the support level is pretty good despite the fact uh, you know the program has struggled since they made the move. There's a lot of alums in the Boston area that do make the trips out for the home games. You know, there's a lot within a 25 or 30 mile radius of locals that want to come out and support. Today's going to be... It's going to look different because our basketball team is playing down in Connecticut. They're 5-0. and They're playing Virginia, who's the defending national champion in basketball. So there's a lot of enthusiasm around that program this time of year. So I, I suspect there's going to be a lot of UMass fans that choose to support the, the basketball team today. But we've been drawing all right. Yeah, people want to get excited over UMass athletics and football. But, you know, unfortunately, this was just a very tough season. And, uh, you know, the fans, while loyal, you know, as you mentioned, it, it's cold and it's been a tough year. So, They hopefully are supporting our basketball team if they're not here today. There you go.
3: Adam, I'm curious. The coaching staff, one of their jobs is to find what the team is doing well and try and build off that. Sometimes it's very small, but it's something that they see like, okay, that's something I can work with. What is that right now for UMass?
5: Well, I think it's two things. One, the running game hasn't been that bad. Bilal Ali has emerged in the second half of the year as a go to running back. You know, the problem has been, though, they've been falling behind in games so early, so then you have to forget about running the ball and have to throw to try to get yourself back into it. But they've been able to run the ball. Uh, the other thing is the, the kick return game has been great for UMass. Isaiah Rogers has been a terrific weapon. He has more than 1,200 kick return yards this season. And he really has given an added dimension in that special teams game for UMass. And, you know, he's been doing his best to set up the offense in in great positions, not to mention the fact he's probably the best athlete on the field, offense, defense, or special teams when he's out there defensively. So certainly the special teams game has been good for UMass. They've been doing a good job covering kicks. They've been returning kicks. You know, then now it's a matter of finishing drives or halting drives, uh, depending on which side of the ball you're on.
4: You just mentioned a couple of pieces on offense and special teams, defense. Uh, what pieces do they have coming back, and what uh, core will they be able to build around as they look to improve upon this season next year?
5: Well, I suspect the, the folks that are out there now that are freshmen and sophomores, they're getting all sorts of time to you know show what they're made of, to go out there and and you know get the reps and game action and be able to understand what you know FBS football is all about. A guy like Cole McCreary, the Middle linebacker for UMass. He's a local. He's gotten better every year that he's played. He's a physical guy. And, you know, I think once the defensive linemen in front of him get a little bit older and a little bit stronger and they're able to occupy the blockers, a guy like McCubrey and that young linebacking core really can emerge uh, hopefully starting next season.
3: Adam, real quick before we let you go, what's been the discussion about BYU coming in? Uh, this is This is obviously a team that UMass has had recent success against. What's the thought on this year's BYU Cougar team as they head into Amherst?
5: Well, they know it's going to be quite a test. I know there's a lot of respect for Kalani Sataki and the job he has done, particularly in the last two years with this team. You know, they know that they're facing a veteran team, a big team up front. Um, and I think there's also a sense of pride that a team like BYU has come here to Bergerk Alumni Stadium to play. I mean, we look at the schedule. A lot of the bigger opponents have played down at Gillette Stadium about 90 miles to the east of here since the move was made to FBS football. You have to go back to boston college and doug flutie in the early 80s who played a game here that's probably the next highest profile opponent in the last 30 or 40 years that has come to amherst so certainly a lot of pride that byu has been kind enough to come here to amherst and play on campus
3: adam thank you so much for taking a few minutes and joining us on pregame uh, we appreciate the time and have a good call today
5: thank you my pleasure have a great football saturday
3: thank you very much umass broadcaster adam Frenier take a quick break coming up uh, in just a few minutes my one-on-one with matt bushman in shep talk but next it's cougar cuts as we mentioned you'll hear a lot about head coach kalani satake's contract extension it's all coming up next you're listening to cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network
1: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
3: The BYU Cougars on the East Coast. Early morning kickoff, 10 a.m. mountain time, at least for the BYU players. It'll be a morning kickoff for them. And it is odd, Riley, when you think about it, very rarely on a game week is the biggest story something not related to the game itself itself. But that was certainly the case this week because I think you could argue the big story of the week was the contract extension of head coach Kalani Satake. And as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, his new deal runs through the 2023 season. Kalani spoke about the situation earlier this week.
6: So had to keep coaching and keep working, you know. So just thankful to, uh, first of all, to our players and the uh, hard work and the belief they have in, in, in the system and our program. And it's um, thankful to the administration, you know, Tom Homo, and Worthy it for all their hard work and, and uh, their belief in me and my coaches and the uh, support staff. These, everyone that's been involved with BYU, just uh, so much gratitude for coming from me. I, just on behalf of me and my family, just thank you. So uh, my family and I, we love it here in Provo, we're looking forward to spending more time here.
3: You know, and Riley, I, I think I echo what you said. I think now you're, you're excited because any coach obviously – you go in with, a, with a, a, a short-term plan and a long-term plan, and you're hoping you have the opportunity to get to the long-term plan, and, and now this will, will allow Kalani to be able to kind of take that next step and see what he can do uh, with a little more time and now with, with implementing more of his types of things, even though he's already been here for four years, you know, give him more time to be able to, to get his plan in place. I, I think that's a very positive thing for not only him but for BYU in general
4: yeah and i think i i believe Kalani when he said previously that he wants to be here for as long as b y u will have him right it's not he there's no other job in the country that that he'd rather have so where this two-year extension you know allows us to see what he can do allows us to see what he can do with this young core i think uh, the goal in his mind and i think what byu fans should be hoping for because if this became a reality it would mean that we've had a lot of success in the in the coming three seasons but then he would get you know a more pj fleck at minnesota type extension <laughs> where they've locked him up like through 2029 or exactly something like that, right yeah but uh, really try and get a guy who can be a career coach here and be here for the long haul
3: Over the past couple of weeks, players have been outspoken in regards to their feelings for Kalani in the hopes that he would get extended. Coach Satake was asked what that meant to him.
6: I don't think they need to do that right but um these guys know and these coaches have worked really hard and the feeling that we have together as a program I, I think people can kind of see what we're about and that we care about each other and you know they care about the fans and, and so I just that was uh got me emotional just thinking about it you know emotional around that time and and I just I'm really really thankful to be their coach and we have such great kids you know but probably spent enough time talking about it I'll be honest with you we we got an opportunity to win games this, this week and build on the momentum that we have. And I have said this before, you've heard me say it before, that this program is not about one player. So um, this press conference has gone long enough talking about one coach. So it won't be about a coach either. So we're just going to keep focused on the players and, and uh, giving the fans what they want. And just really, really thankful for the fan base that we have.
3: Typical Kalani does not want the attention put on him, even though... You know, it was it was about him and certainly a very positive thing for him. It was all about, you know, I appreciate what the players did. We've got a game to win. This program is bigger than just one person. That That is Kalani. He is not a self-promoter. He is all about the team, the program, and the athletes.
4: And that's the reality of sports is that no matter how good the coach is, if the players don't respond to that coaching or they don't go out on Saturdays and execute, um, it's... Then, the co- then he's not going to win very, very many games, and he's not going to be considered a good coach. So there is he is genuine in that, and that the players do deserve credit, and it is a true team effort. And, but all, all that said, through all that he has experienced as his time as a head coach, from coaching changes to losing key players to injury to you know that uh, that tough season two years ago where they, they weren't even able to make a bowl game, and to, to keep the locker room through all of that, And even this this season where there's been some coaching responsibility changes and they've dealt with loss of key players, to be able to keep the locker room to where week to week the players still respond and still go out there, it does speak to it. So it is worth, even though he won't, it is worth it for us to take a minute to appreciate him and all that he's done as the head coach here at BYU so far.
3: Well, and to put it into context, instead of in in regards to the players and just how they feel about Coach Satake, Kairos Tonga, Uh, Like most players, has a very strong bond with Kalani. And Kairos was asked how he felt after hearing about the
6: news. Uh, For me, it it meant the world. I I felt like I was getting a contract extension. Uh, Kalani has uh, just more than football to him. And I'm just happy for him and happy for his family. Um, We love Coach Kalani and um, everything he stands for.
3: And remember... Kalani's current deal has one more year on it. That's when the three-year contract extension will begin, and the current contract then will go through the 2023 season. Coming up next, I go one-on-one with tight end Matt Bushman in Shep Talk. More Cougar Pregame Live comes your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: You're tuned to Cooper Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. I'm hanging out in our BYU radio studios
3: in beautiful Provo, Utah. My co-host, Riley Nelson, you'll hear him on the broadcast with Greg Grubel and Mitchell Juergens. He's joining me from Amherst, Massachusetts. It's my understanding that it's sunny, uh, clear skies, but it is a little chilly. Is that, is that an accurate forecast there, Riley?
4: It is uh, clear skies. the The wind was really bad last night. It's it's more breezy. I wouldn't even call it wind, but it's kind of breezy. But that when it's breezy in the mid thirties up here in the northeast, yeah, I, it is cold. Mitch uh, Jergens is is right here with me, and he's layered up three layers deep. <laughs> now he is from Houston, so yes, yes. you know he might have one layer extra. But it's a beautiful day here in New England. The one thing I'm sad about is all the trees have lost their leaves but uh it, it's i mean it's a it's a beautiful vista. It would have been two weeks ago. it would have been that classic New England you know fall with all the different colors and all that. but we'll take it
3: absolutely and earlier in the broadcast, Riley, we were talking about b y u s offense and especially in that first half, how important it will be to find a rhythm, certainly. Part of that will be finding Matt Bushman. He has had quite the career in Provo. He is as sure-handed as they come. And last Saturday, he became just the third tight end in BYU history to have at least 500 receiving yards in three consecutive seasons. The only other two tight ends to do that were Gordon Hudson and Dennis Pitta. I talked with the junior this week. Here's my Shep Talk with Matt Bushman. Matt, where's the time gone? Only two more regular season games in the regular season is over. Has it flown by as fast for you as it seems to have maybe for us?
7: I feel like for us as players, having two bye weeks, it, it seems like a longer, it's been a longer season, but uh, definitely since the second bye week with these last four games, it's it's flown by. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It's coming to an end pretty quick, so we're trying to get the most out of it.
3: With ups and downs and peaks and valleys in the season, with the way the team's playing now, it almost feels like it's a different season. Does it feel that way to you at all?
7: Yeah, kind of. I mean, just the the way our offense has adapted, and after those losses we've changed a couple things, and I think that just helped our offense and given the team overall confidence I mean, the defense. When they see the offense is producing and being more aggressive, it seems like they have, they're not so like, dang, we're on the field all the time, or like, dang, we really have to make this play to keep us in the game so everyone's just it seems like there's more excitement everyone's everyone's playing together so it's, it's good. From your perspective what's
3: been the biggest reason for the change in offense uh, and, and what's been the most fun aspect of, of having this offense starting to find its rhythm?
7: The biggest reason I mean I think we banked a lot on at the beginning of the season Tyson was doing a lot for us I mean in the run game and he was plays after he got hurt the same plays weren't breaking or he wasn't break those tackles weren't being broken and it's no one's fault it's just personnel things and I think once he went down we kind of had to look back and be like all right what do we what do we have to switch what do we have to adapt to so that we can still be aggressive and still have these big plays that that keep drives going and so we can finish in the end zone just yeah I'd say some injuries just uh finding ways to get the personnel to mesh and all succeed together. When you win, everything is a lot better. Um, so everyone has, after a loss, you're, you're determined to get back on track and win. But when you're winning, it's just everyone's feeling good. Everyone wants to keep getting better and just figure everything out so you can keep this, this streak going. Hopefully we can keep on winning and keep improving as an offense. That's our goal, just to keep going up because we don't want to plateau anytime soon.
3: For you personally, how has this season gone? I don't know what, what goals you set prior to the year, but how has this season lived up? your own expectations based on maybe what you thought
7: um i think it's been good i mean every i think every receiver type player tight end wants to get the ball as many times as they can and be able to showcase their talents and abilities but i feel like i've been i've been happy when my name has been called or when i've had my chances that i've made the most of them and i've been a a consistent receiver but also i feel like my blocking has really improved and yeah so i mean that's it's I feel like I've been consistent but getting better each each week with a I mean there's always a couple setbacks and things that you need to get better at. Overall, I'm I'm pleased with what I've done and I just want to keep getting better these last three games. You are now one of 3 tight ends
3: that has had at least 500 receiving yards in 3 straight seasons. You, Dennis Pitta, Gordon Hudson. What does something like that mean to you to be in company with those guys?
7: Um I think it's cool because those guys both were really successful tight ends and I mean they were fortunate enough to make it to the NFL and keep on playing so I mean that's a goal for me so I hope I can I can continue to finish my career just playing as as best as I can and staying healthy so that if there's an opportunity in the future that I can make the most of it at the next level also.
3: That's what I was going to ask you how much do you allow yourself to even think about that whether it's maybe even after this season or after one more season how much do you actually think about playing at the next
7: level? I mean there's times it's like you're you're just getting closer and closer to a dream that you've had that I've had since I was probably four or five years old once I re- started playing sports and just realized I wanted to be a professional athlete. That was a like, so it's just you think like, holy cow, it's getting closer and closer and like it's actually becoming a reality. At the same time you wanna focus in on you can't just assume that's gonna happen. So even with accolades or preseason things, like you just actually have to prove that you can make it to that level. So yeah, I mean, I'm just Focusing on, on this season, trying to make the most of it, trying to make memories with with my with this team and hopefully I can just keep putting in the work so I can make it eventually.
3: Where do you guys go for motivation this week? You have two more in the regular season, You're facing a one in ten team. I mean it's just human nature to not view a one in ten team like you would say a ten in one team. So what's the motivation for the team heading out to
7: Massachusetts? A win's a win for for many teams, and there's been there have been upsets. I mean, my freshman year, we, it wasn't our best year, but we we lost to these guys, so I'm not going to take it lightly. It's we want to go out and, and beat these guys and play the best as we can. And even last week, we were, I mean, we were supposed to beat Idaho State, and as it showed, like we didn't play that great. I mean, we in the second quarter and third quarter we scored pretty well, but we started really slow. We had a bunch of dumb penalties, so we just want to go out and play our best and not make dumb mistakes that we that we know we don't need to do but
3: so it's the proverbial try and focus on what we do and try and get better at that make sure that that's crisp.
7: yeah because if we come out don't play very well or something happens and we we overlook these guys and something happens we don't beat them that that's going to be a huge blow for us so we respect these guys we respect San Diego State that we played the last game and they're both i mean they're both capable teams of of getting a win so you just have to come out and play your best
3: does it help or hurt or does it not really matter at this point already knowing where the that you've got the bowl so you're you're not playing for a bowl game over
7: the last two you've got that locked in does that actually take some of the pressure off yeah I think it does because since we're not in a conference being making it to a bowl is that's the goal once you know that you've clinched that and it's uh you don't have to worry like okay say the worst expectation happens and something we beat these guys we don't like you just all those games in your head you just can leave that out and just focus on on playing our best and I mean we want to have the best record that we can have so we want to we want to win out all right let's wrap things up with the final four questions your favorite athlete growing up was who kind of a weird one i really liked chipper jones a baseball player mm-hmm. i kind of copied my brother and That was one of our. I had a a bunch of his baseball cards growing up.
3: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with rooting for a guy that's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to to ever play. The last movie you saw in a theater was what?
7: Ford versus Ferrari with the team this past weekend. Okay, I want to see this. It looks good. It's getting great reviews. What did you think? I thought it was one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. It's probably one of my favorites that I've seen in a long time, also. Really, for what reason? Just two really good actors it's funny but it's also intense so it's uh it's just really overall really good you get one vacation spot you can go anywhere in the world on vacation where are you going i've heard tahiti is really nice so i'd like to just like an island like that but i had some family members go to tahiti and they said it was awesome
3: very nice you can't go wrong with tahiti
7: last question what does it mean to you to wear the Y? um it's something just as a kid i always wanted to do it just watching my uncle play um growing up and seeing like getting dennis pitta's autograph just like Going from that into actually being in the shoes as a player and being able to represent this team in school is is something that I'll cherish forever, and it just has always meant a lot to me, so I'm going to make the most of it. Matt, you're the man. Appreciate the time. Good luck at UMass. Thank you. I appreciate it.
3: That was this week's Shep Talk with BYU tight end Matt Bushman. We will visit with a voice, Greg Grubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But next, we get our weekly QB read with my man Riley. You're tuned in to Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The
3: Cougars are out east getting ready to take on the Minutemen of UMass. We'll have the game for you coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes. In the meantime, it's time for our QB read with Riley. And this is where my guy Riley Nelson gets to, this is basically his segment. This is his opportunity to talk about something that's important to him, and we get his read on that said topic. Hence, QB read with Riley. Riley, what do you got for us this week?
4: So the read today is, how are we supposed to, and I'm not going to talk about fans from the player's perspective, how is a player supposed to prepare for a game when the outcome is pretty much already decided going in. And when I say that it's not often that you're favored by more than forty points in a football <laughs> no. game. But that happens to be the the situation here today. So how are you best to mentally approach that? First of all, I think the number one key is you have to be process driven, not outcome driven. If you come in saying, ah, oh, we gotta get to this many points or if we gotta get to you know, we have to Keep them to a shutout. We got to score 56. We got to, you know, do throw for four touchdowns and all these things. You do that. To me, I think that's a little bit of what made, you know, BYU came out against Idaho State, had a three and out on their first drive, right? They missed, they had a penalty that set them up and a bad third down, and then they didn't convert the third down. I think the fact that, that that shock that they expected to just, that they were outcome driven, meaning that they expected to come out and score on every drive, uh, led to that one drive becoming two and becoming three. Starting off with three straight punts against Idaho State is not one, but when you become – outcome-driven rather than process-driven, it adds added pressure and stress. And it just gives the opportunity, you know, you if you are process-driven in that, um, after that first drive against Idaho State, you come off and you say, okay, well, where did our process go wrong? Our process went wrong because we had a pre-snap penalty, and then we didn't execute the play correctly on, on third down. Those are the ways that help you snap out of it. So, um, and, and by the way, if you are process-driven, meaning that on play-to-play Uh, set of downs, set of downs, drive to drive. If you're focusing on those process level uh, plays, then the outcome will take care of itself. So you don't put the cart before the horse. Be process driven, not outcome driven. Second is focus is key. This will be the smallest crowd that BYU. I played in front of a pretty small crowd in 2012 against New Mexico State. It was announced over 10,000, but there couldn't have been more than 3,000. <laughs> but today is going to be similar to that. I, you know, it's it might be three, four thousand uh, butts in the seats here today, if that. Um, so you have to remain focused because you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna get it from the environment around you. You can't. We talked about this on last game show, but BYU fans will remember against Idaho State there were 10 penalties on the offensive side of the ball, 12, 13 in total. Um, all of the defensive ones happened during a play. There was a holding. There was an accidental phase. Fa- you know, those you can put up with. What you can't put up with above those 10 offensive penalties, seven were pre-snapper procedure with five false starts, and uh, and they had a an illegal formation and then a delay of game. So that the focus is what's going to get you there. I think even if they come out unfocused, I don't think this game is in jeopardy, but you need that for yourself. You come in, take care of business like we were talking about earlier. And um, the... Another way that you approach this game, this is from a a higher level, you know you're going to come out and run your base offense. San Diego State's very good defense uh, that you're facing next week. You don't want, and of course how most teams scout is they watch the the three previous games. So you're not going to put a lot of stuff on film. You're not going to get super creative. You're not going to run you know, your more trick plays that really this BYU offense, especially during that stretch against Boise and and, uh, Utah State, you know, they were pulling out trick plays for touchdowns um, all through that stretch and through this this winning streak that they're currently on. You don't want to put those on film. You want to be able to keep those in your back pocket so that San Diego State doesn't get a chance to prepare for those. So you're running your base stuff on offense and defense, but if you have your focus and your process driven, that will be enough to to produce – the to produce the 40 point point differential right that vegas is predicting and then uh, lastly you have to make sure you got to realize that you only are really going to get two quarters. You, the, all the work done in this game will be in the first half. Every coach and every program does a little bit differently as far as when to pull their starters out. Um, some put it at, as soon as we reach a point differential. Some, you know, first drive after halftime. That was my my high school coaches with Coach Mendenhall. It was any time we were up by 28 in the in the second half. Um, and, and of course, with Tua Tagovailoa and his injury last week, that's you know that. Uh, that discussion is something that's been on the mind of college football players. But whatever that is for this BYU football team, you have to have that in mind and be able to, and not waste that time uh, when you actually have on the field as a starter to be able to you know execute as a unit. And to be able to produce the results that uh, that you want to produce while you are focusing on the process. So if you can do all of those things, first of all, you know, in a game where maybe you're favored by le- high teens or twenties, that's a game you know that could still be in jeopardy. This game where you're favored by 41, uh, the outcome's already decided before you go in. But that's by taking that approach going into the game, it guarantees you, or or at least gives you the highest likelihood of performing in the way that you want to perform
3: well and this is one of those situations it's kind of a lose-lose situation for for BYU if you go out and and you work them and you do score 52 and you do beat them by 40 plus you're not going to get credit for it because they're not that good of a team then if you lose to them on the other side then obviously you know you're going to get ripped for it so it really is all about just go out handle your business whatever the final score is whatever the you're not getting two wins by scoring 52 points or winning by 40, you're not going to a New Year's Six Bowl just because you scored 52. Just go out there, take care of business, stay healthy, get the win, and move on. I, I think that's really what this boils down to this week is just taking care of business, control what you can control, play the best you can play, and then move on.
4: Yeah, Shep, you mentioned staying healthy. The best way to stay healthy in any football game is to bring intensity to yep. every rep and every play. And uh, that will help you at least avoid... The you know the the dumb injuries right where maybe a, a guy falls falls into an offensive line's ankle right or or a defensive lineman gets his, his knee chopped and he sprains an MCL or you know so, so you got to make sure if you br- you got to bring that focus and you have to bring intensity because no matter who the opponent or how outmatched they may be it is still a physical game and you still have you know bodies weighing anywhere from two hundred to three hundred and twenty pounds running around as fast as they can, that creates a lot of force and it can do some damage if, if you're not prepped and ready for it. So uh, the best way to stay healthy in this game is to bring that intensity and bring that focus right out the gate.
3: Up next, we will visit with The Voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard.
3: We'll get Mitchell Jurgens' view from the sideline coming up a little bit later on. You'll also hear from UMass head coach Walt Bell. But right now, it's time to visit with the voice. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. How are you?
2: Good morning, Jason. I am well. Happy, uh, happy long broadcast day to you.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. After uh, my bas- or excuse me, my football duties are done. I'm going to head over to Southfield and get ready to call BYU women's soccer taking on NC State for an opportunity yeah. to go to the Elite Eight. It's going to be a fun day, I think.
2: Penn State and uh, Stanford on the other half of that bracket, and they'll play tomorrow uh, to find out who would await BYU should the Cougars get uh, through tonight at home to NC State. That's for later on in the day. Yes. As for right now, what a beautiful day here in Amherst. It's, uh, it's clear and sunny. It's cool, but uh, the sun's going to warm things up nicely for everyone here at, uh, at McGurk Alumni Stadium. So, if, you know, for, for, for UMass, in, in or rather for Massachusetts, in late November, you never really know what you're going to run into, and we run into nothing but beautiful weather today. What a gorgeous sight.
3: Nothing nothing wrong with that, and I'm going to be honest with you, Greg, I don't even know how to begin an interview with you if I can't ask you who the starting quarterback is going to be. <laughs> I know, we don't have I mean, to worry about that. Can we, we have other
2: things to worry yeah, about. Yeah, well, can, can we Many just... Many other things to worry about, <laughs> yes, we not do. starting quarterback today. Can we
3: just pretend, just to kind of make this familiar, can we pretend that it's up in the air, and I'm just going to ask you who the starting quarterback is? Greg, Yeah. Who's, News. yes who's uh, the starting quarterback today
2: this just handed me uh kalani sitake does reveal that zach wilson will be today's starting quarterback
3: <laughs> okay yeah. now i'm feeling comfortable yeah. and it just feels familiar <laughs> yeah. okay so that that as you mentioned that's not in question uh what do we know uh what are some some newsworthy items that you took from your uh, your pregame conversation with kalani
2: well when the season began uh, BYU's running back crew was going to be led by uh, the top trio of Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa, and Lopini Katoa. We definitely aren't going to see Tyson. We're not going to see Emmanuel, and we probably aren't going to see Lopini either. And now we're not going to see Sione fino either. So that's the number four after the way he's emerged this year. So now you're back to taking Tyler Algier back from linebacker. And so Tyler Algier will likely be today's number one. Uh, not a real good chance that Lopini gets cleared to play today. So he's closer and he's more active, but as of a few minutes ago, uh, Kalani wasn't counting on on Lopini being able to go today. So if that's the case, Tyler Algier and Jackson McChesney are likely one-two today with uh, someone like Mason Wake, maybe able to get a few carries mixed in here or there. Um, Alec Weibel-Meza, somebody not many people know, would be also, uh, you know, figuring yeah, should they get deeper? And they're already deep enough, right? That's just been a rough, rough. And really, when hasn't it been yeah. rough for injuries for BYU? The last few seasons have been just, just brutal. And, and and the way that the quarterback running back situation has gone this year with all those injuries, it's it's, uh, it's it's really, really rough, rougher than it's ever been. And, and even the O-line, you know, if Jeff Grimes' first year of the O-line was really intact all year, and they've had to shuffle there. And Now, they perform well, but they're not totally healthy either. So it's been a weird year uh, that way and a weird day today with Tyler Algier, who last week was making plays at linebacker, coming back over to running back. Uh, defensively, Not totally healthy there either. Uh, No Lorenzo Fawatea. No Chris Wilcox after playing last week. He's out. Uh, Austin Lee is out as well. So uh, the good news without Austin Lee is Troy Warner will start at at safety today. So Bo Tanner and Troy Warner likely to be your safeties with no Chris Wilcox. Likely looking at Diane Gomoliku and uh, D'Angelo Mandel at the two corner spots. So injuries offensively, injuries defensively. Um, you know, UMass is probably you know the right team to see. If you're maybe not as deep as you'd like to be, uh, that said, they're going to be uh, playing a few guys
4: that haven't seen a lot of work lately. Greg, can you? Do you have a feel with how many of those were, are just maybe it's a precautionary rest, and um, how many? So, in other words, who can we expect to see next week against San Diego State, and who maybe you know is, might we might not see to the bowl game or next season? Uh,
2: the impression I got from from Kalani was that Austin might be a guy that could be back. And and while Chris maybe want to be back at San Diego State, I wouldn't count on that one either right now. And I think Lopini, if you give Lopini another week to clear, I think that's more likely that he plays against San Diego State. Uh, Emmanuel, I'm not sure if that's ever going to figure itself out this year. So uh, of those guys we just talked about, maybe Pini and, Lo- and Austin Lee get back for a really big game next week against San Diego State.
3: Greg, we've been discussing a lot on on this program, and quite frankly we've been talking about it this week, on defining success in a game like this. From your perspective, how do you define success today for BYU when you're facing a one in ten team whose defense is as abysmal as it is?
2: Well, I think Riley alluded to it a few moments ago, but you know, don't have twelve penalties, you know, in in this game. Don't have ten offensive penalties. Don't have so many administrative pre-snap penalties. Uh, just be sharp. We talked about it last week, though, going into Idaho State. Regardless of the final score, it was like, well, just be sharp, and they weren't. Uh, they got they got by. They got through. They were okay, but they were just okay. And that goes for a lot of players. I just want to see a real increase in sharpness from last week to this week. Similar maybe in the nature of competition in terms of, you know, how many points you'll have to score to actually beat somebody. Uh, You won't need a lot to win today, I wouldn't think. Now, that said, UMass has on occasion shown the ability to put a few points on the board. But, you know, again, if if their average is 52.4, and only one team scored fewer than 44, you You better not be the second team under 44 today because the only other one's Akron. They haven't won a game this year. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's not just a numbers game, but I want to see BYU putting up the numbers that UMass is used to giving up and beyond that just being cleaner uh, from start to finish because they weren't clean last week.
4: Greg, what uh, did the atmosphere come up? I mean, obviously you mentioned it's a beautiful day, but uh, the stadium is... Empty right now, we're still 62 minutes before kick, but <laughs> I don't imagine it to fill up much more than it is today. Did the atmosphere come up in and, and Kalani as far as getting his guys amped up and
2: ready? Right, it did, and he said it, it, it's all about uh, separating the things that matter from the things that don't, and the number of people in the stands today, the size of the venue, uh, where the game can be seen or not seen in this case, those do not matter, okay? <laughs> so separate that from everything else, uh, which are already the things we talked about. So... With BYU fans showing up, and they will show out today because they tend to go wherever BYU goes, I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, if, I, I don't want to say it's going to be a half-and-half half composition, but I, I think BYU fans will be heard today, um, and, and maybe as much as UMass will be. Now it's senior day for the for the Minutemen. You'd hope that they get some support here. It's been a, just a terribly rough year, and... and uh, just, you know, anything to kind of boost them on this final game of the season for them, you hope they would get from their fan base. But whether or not they get that, we know BYU fans will show up. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to, again, having them be heard here at the smallest venue, Jason, yes. to ever host BYU football in the modern FBS era here. Only one stadium is smaller in all of FBS. And BYU's never played at Charlotte against the 49ers. So this is it. 17,000. They're averaging under 10. So we'll see who shows up today.
3: Hey, BYU football is finally having to deal with what BYU basketball deals with when they travel in conference. They're finally getting their equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Greg, appreciate it. Thank you so much for the information. And uh, we'll hear you and Riley coming up in uh, in just a few minutes.
2: We will talk to you throughout the day today, Shep. And our listeners will hear you hear you late into the night tonight. Thank you.
3: You bet. There we go. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, and my co-host of Cougar Pre-Game Live, Riley Nelson. You'll hear both of them on the call along with Mitchell Jergens, coming up in a little bit. Speaking of Mitchell Jergens, he will join me coming up on the other side. We'll get his view from the sideline as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
3: Before we get to Mitchell Juergens, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio,
0: 107.9 FM KUMT Randolph and KBYU FM HD2 Provo. B-
3: the BYU Cougars getting ready to face the UMass Minutemen. Always happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver, current BYU Radio sideline reporter, Mitchell Jergens, Mitchell, how are you today? I understand you're uh, you're about three layers at this point getting ready for the game today?
0: Um th- three layers is generous. I'm probably by by kickoff I'll probably be five. Is um, it really that cold? You know what? I'm just preparing, Jason. It's uh you know, it looks it's a beautiful day. Um but the 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 bone chill here in Massachusetts is real. And there's a chance that if I under-prepare with three, I will regret it. So I'm going with five. Okay. And you can always take a
3: layer off. You know, it's it much exactly. more difficult to put a layer on during a game.
0: Exactly. So I'm, I'm
3: going extra prepared, and we'll see how I do. This has really been the theme in talking about this game. It, it, it's human nature... And and I I use this exact example with Matt Bushman in my Shep Talk interview. It's human nature to not take a 1-in-10 team as seriously as you would say a 10-in-1 team. How would you
0: motivate yourself in a game like this? So this, I mean, first off, when when I was a player, um, every opportunity I had to put on the why, I mean, that's, that's motivation in of itself um but but one thing that you know can maybe just help these players stay motivated is talk about personal performance um, you know, every snap in game is is com- is almost like a mini tryout for these players. Um, you know, a lot of players will will we will see today. We saw you know a lot of people last week as well. Um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. You've got um, a guy like Keanu Hill who made such a statement last week against Idaho State. If there are certain receivers that aren't on their game, or you can see the complacency in their play. Um, then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a coach said, hey, when we go to San Diego State next week, Keanu Hill needs more snaps. He needs more reps. And so, you know, this this game is important for everyone involved. It's, it's you know, you take the young players and looking into next season. This is a great time for them to show, hey, I can be a guy. Just give me a chance. And so there's, there's a lot riding on this game, especially when you look at the personal performance of these players.
3: Well, and let's take that one step further. It was great to see Zach Wilson back out playing last week after the thumb injury. And I know it wasn't as crisp as he would like it to be. How important is a game like today to quote-unquote get right for a guy like Zach Wilson before the Aztecs?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, this game is so important. Um, with the recent news of Sione Finau, um, you know, unfortunately going down for the rest of the season with a knee injury. Um, There's going to be more uh, weight on Zach's shoulders to be crisp and ready for that game next week. And so this is the week. I mean, you you look at this matchup, and obviously every single game you play, you're not going to take anything for granted. But this, I mean, for Zach to build that chemistry, we didn't see it last week. We saw miscommunications between him and the receivers. Um, Timing was a little bit off. He looked a little uncomfortable in the pocket. And so, you know, taking this game to get yourself right, I mean, I loved how you said it. Um, it, it's so important uh, because you know who knows what the injury situation is going to be next week, and if you have as many running backs that aren't available as we have this week, uh, or as BYU has this week, then you know there's going to be Zach needs to be on his game. He needs to be crisp uh, for for the rest of the season. You know, besides a win and staying healthy, what do
3: you want to see out of BYU today on the field? I, I know that they're favored by over forty, and the defense is giving up fifty-two. Speaking of the UMass defense. So I know if there's, there will be a faction of people, if BYU does not score 52, are going to be livid. And, and oh my goodness, they didn't score 52. Like, I, I, that to me is not the point of today. Today is all about right. getting the win. You, you are down so many players. Just get out of that relatively healthy and move on. What
0: do you actually want to see on the field today? Yeah, so the first thing, I, I want to see more situational football. Um, you know, as, as, as this game goes, you know, if they have a chance for a two minute drill at the end of the half, work on those processes, it's going to help you, um, you know, define yourself as a team, as an offense. Um, one of the things that, that I also want to say is they need to limit penalties, Last week was not a good game in terms of penalties. They had 12 for 85 yards. You can't accept three penalties per quarter as your average this late into the season. Um, And so they've got to clean that up. So I definitely want to see much cleaner play. Um, And then the last thing is, you know, this is an opportunity for sit your punter on the bench. Don't let him go out. And, you know, continue to move the drive or move the ball as an offense. Um, We saw, you know, far too many punts last week against Idaho State, especially early on in the game. And so if they can limit, um, you know, the punter entering the field today, you know, that's that's kind of what I want to see. Just consistent drives converting, um, you know, almost limit your third down opportunities. But when they are convert those um, and, and just look like a clean football team today.
3: Riley was talking about the fact that you certainly don't want to put something on tape that you may want to use against the Aztecs. Do you, do you expect to see, and especially when you're dealing with, I mean, you, you're, you're starting running backs, I mean, every running back that you thought you would have on your in the backfield available today, none of them are available. You know, Tyler Algier and Jackson McChesney are going to be in the mix for those carries. I, I mean, at this point, do you just expect a, a very base-type system today, Certainly, you want to execute it at a high level, but you're not going out there and
0: showing the Aztecs anything today correct no exactly and and you don't need to with this game you, if you know if, if BYU can't perform and execute those basic plays like they need to, then there's issues right um, that's your foundation um, and, and so even if you know, you could throw some wrinkles in. Let's, let's you know, clean up that foundation right. of how to run those and execute those basic plays. Because even when you do play the Aztecs next week, you've got to have that foundation. And it's sometimes the basics that are going to help you convert those third and twos. Um, in, in certain situations where you need to rely on that. And so, you know, I, I completely agree with what Riley said. Um, don't show them everything uh, because you're not going to need that in this game. Uh, master the basics, and, and they should be able to take care of this game.
3: So I guess my dream of every offensive play being a flea flicker is probably not <laughs> going to happen today. That is, that's the dream, Mitch. I, that, I want to see that in a game one day where every offensive play is a flea flicker. <laughs> Just keep the
0: defense on their toes. I love it.
3: <laughs> You would love every play being a flea flicker. <laughs> don't tell me you wouldn't. Hey, as a receiver, yes, I would. You know that's what I'm saying?
0: Um, you, I, I'd even love. You know, um, how, how about a couple passes from from some different players? Right? I like that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, yeah. But again, the dream
3: for me is a flea flicker on every play. <laughs> that's that. Will, that is. I will know I've arrived when I see that happen. All right. Yeah,
0: so. I, I don't know when that dream's going to come to. Uh, Come to pass for you yeah. but uh, I love that it's a dream,
3: yeah you know what you hold on to your dreams that 's all you can <laughs> say kids hold on to your dreams last thing before we let you go yeah you played for Kalani for one season uh, how happy were you that his contract was extended this week
0: man so so happy you know kalani's a guy and and this is so hard to explain you know just how much um, the, the respect that players have for him, um, alumni, current players, I mean, it just goes to show what kind of character he has and, and the way that, I mean, he looks at every single one of those players as family. And, um, you know, as the head of that family, he wants to take care of everyone. And, but w- what's so cool is, I mean, he deserves it. Um, You look at this season, what what a tough situation, you know, tough situations that he's been in um, as far as starting the season two and four. um, You know, a ton of injuries that he's had to cope with um, from from key players. And to see him bounce back and rally this team around, um, it's just so impressive. And, and, you know, I I was so happy to see that extension Um, when you have your players just you know, campaigning to give Kalani an extension. It just goes to show you how much he's loved yep. with that team and how, how happy they are to to see him get that extension.
3: Yeah, without question. He is definitely a guy that you pull for. All right, Mitchell, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. We'll let you stay warm for just a little bit longer before you have to head out into the cold Northeast. Uh, thanks for the time and great insight as always. Hey, thanks, Jason. You bet. Mitchell Juergens, you'll hear him on the sideline alongside Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. Coming up on the other side, we'll go across the field and hear, hear from Minuteman head coach Walt Bell. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
3: The six and four BYU Cougars in Amherst, Massachusetts, taking on the one and ten UMass Minutemen. Walt Bell is the head coach of the minutemen he 's in his first season in Amherst, and earlier this week, Coach Bell was asked how his team, specifically the seniors, have handled the season with only one
8: victory. I had a coach to change my senior year, and uh, so ha- having been through that before and uh, seen the normal change and things are different and um, you know, whether it be your role on the team or whatever it may be, uh, I think this older group of kids has, has done a really nice job of, of handling kind of a new normal. And, uh, you know, just just proud of how these guys, you know, more than anything else, just the mineral resilience of what we've been through this season and to see these guys still come out and have good practices. And Mike Yardy's over there taking sets on a dummy, you know, I mean, by himself. You know, and, I mean, we've got a great group of kids that are doing everything they can to help this program grow.
3: You know, I mentioned that earlier with Riley Nelson, and in a season like this, at least if you're an underclassman, you know that you have an opportunity to come back and build on the 1-10 season and kind of erase that bad taste out of your mouth because you've got a couple more years to play. You feel the worst for the seniors— who This is their senior day, and this is their last chance, and this is the season that they will end their college career on. I think the seniors are the ones you feel the most for in a in a situation like this. Also, Coach Bell was asked how his defense plans to stop BYU's passing attack. Certainly focusing on that, but uh, while others were focusing on it, that's not where Coach Bell said his focus is.
8: I think they've got two really good quarterbacks, and they're both... Young players. I mean, they're going to have their hands full just making a decision on on who's going to be their long term guy. I mean, two really, really, really good quarterbacks. Um, you know, in terms of the throw game, you know, again for us, and that's been a theme all year, and something we're going to continue to try. You know, we, we we've got to stop the run more than anything else. We got to put them in those situations. Um, you know, we we get normal on base downs. Um, you know, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do in the throw game. You know, they, they've proven that over a you know ten game slate, but. You know, for us, it's really more about you know we got to find a way to stop the run and put those guys in situations are so favorable for us.
3: While Coach Bell wants his team's defense to slow down BYU's ground game, it's his offensive ground game that he hopes can produce against the Cougar defense.
8: I think the biggest thing for us is again we we've got to find a way to be productive on, on first down running the football. Um you know, and, and that's where we struggle more than anything else, first down efficiency the last two weeks, you know, we've been really poor and so we've got to find a way to create some some early down plays where we can play the game and in, in second, third and short.
3: This UMass offense it it's not like they can't score and, and Greg talked about this. They've they've had some games where they've been able to score their averaging uh, about 19 points per game. So, I mean, it's not like they're putting up a ton of points, but they can score. Their biggest issue has been defensively all season long. Again, giving up 52 points per game, and the Cougars are favored by 40. I mean, This is just one of those games where hopefully BYU can take advantage of a defense that... And again, to say they're struggling uh, would be an understatement. When we come back, we'll check out some, uh, some other action in college football. In fact, we'll look ahead because there isn't a game that has actually started. Uh, we'll let you know some of the early games that will kick off at the same time as our game. Plus, we'll look ahead to BYU Women's Volleyball playing this afternoon at the uh, Smith Fieldhouse. And then a big game tonight for BYU Women's Soccer. An opportunity to advance to the Elite Eight as they host NC State at Southfield that's all coming up on the other side this is Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU sports network
1: this is Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU sports network
3: BYU Women's Volleyball coming off a win Thursday night. 3-0 sweep over the Portland Pilots. The Cougars hosting Gonzaga at Smithfield House. That's a game you can see on BYU TV this afternoon. Getting underway at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Tonight on Southfield, a massive game for BYU Women's Soccer. They are the fourth-ranked team in the country. They are the number two seed in the NCAA Tournament. And they are hosting NC State tonight. 6 o'clock Mountain Time pregame coverage on BYU Radio 107.9 FM will get underway at 5.30 Mountain Time as the Cougars look to advance to the Elite Eight for the first time since 2012. I'll have the call alongside Avery Walker. Uh, Just a quick note, coming up at uh, 10 a.m. besides our game kicking off in the Top 25, number 2 Ohio State, Uh, Hosting number eight, Penn State, also number five, Alabama, taking on Western Carolina, and then also number ten, Minnesota at Northwestern. That is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America Visa credit cards featuring triple rewards. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good morning, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside
2: intimate. McGurk Alumni Stadium in Amherst, Massachusetts, as today the Cougars play their final Saturday matinee. It's a meeting of fellow FBS independents in the last game of a four-game series that began in 2016 between these two teams. Two games in Provo, followed by a pair of games in the Commonwealth, last year at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, and today on the UMass campus in Amherst, at the smallest stadium in which BYU may ever indeed play. This facility seats only 17,000 fans, and with a, uh, with a 1-10 record, the Minutemen, uh, not a popular draw. Uh, BYU fans will make up a fair percentage of today's crowd composition, I would think. I am Greg Grubel with today's play-by-play call, sitting alongside my broadcast partner, the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, one week after easily handling an FCS foe in Provo, BYU today returns to FBS competition, but UMass struggles so mightily, Uh, There are probably many FCS teams who'd give the Cougars maybe a better game than the one UMass is expected to give BYU today. Now, the Minutemen historically bad on defense, allowing more than 52 points per game while scoring fewer than 20 points per game. UMass's 1-10 record, unfortunately, accurately reflects the current state of the program. Now, it's a first-year head coach, Walt Bell. uh, BYU Riley expected to run away and hide in this one.
4: Yeah, that's what I expect. That's what all our every you know all of our listeners out there should expect, and I, that's what the players and coaches are expecting. So, uh, Kalani did say um, last year, or last week in the post game interview that there was plenty to work on. So I expect to see in those areas penalties being first among them, and of course don't want to start the game off here today with three more or with three straight punts. Uh, but I expect to see those things to be continue to work on, and this team should be focused because next week, where you mentioned the historically bad defense they will face today, next week they will face one of the top defenses in the country, so that should be enough motivation to expect a good performance out of the Cougars here today.
2: Yeah, either end of the spectrum, and going from UMass to San Diego State defensively, certainly. The Cougars already bowl eligible, and indeed already ticketed for the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve against an opponent to be determined. Next item on the to-do list is locking down a winning season. And with a win today, BYU will be assured of finishing the season above 500. Once that's in the books, it's all about uh, winning out and ending the season with a seven-game win streak. That's the objective to get to 9-4, and four, the same record with which the Kalani Sitake era began back in 2016. We know now that Coach Sitake will be around through at least 2023. His coaching contract was this week extended for three more years past 2020, and indeed... BYU's current four-game win streak helped put the stamp on that new deal. The Cougars' resurgence and bowl eligibility helping to persuade the school administration of the program's potential undercoach Kalani Sitake, and I'm glad he'll be around for a good long while. Coming up next, we'll hear from the coach as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's comments straight ahead on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: Welcome back to Amherst, Massachusetts. As for the first time, BYU visits the UMass campus for the fourth and final game of a four-game series that BYU leads 2-1. to one. The Cougars split two games with the minimum in Provo and beat UMass in the New England Patriots stadium last November. That game also featured a noon Eastern time kick, so 10 a.m. for the Yakougs and their body clocks. BYU got off to a sluggish start in that one. They trailed by two scores early before rolling to a 35-16 decision, and as head coach Kalani Sitake tells us in our pregame interview, brought to you by Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Uh, last year's game, a good reminder of the need for his team to really start on time today.
6: Yeah, we've had, we've had a, a you know, couple of days of adjust. We've been so we spent our second night out here to get get used to the time, and I don't think that's been an issue for us since we've been on the East Coast time zone. Uh, I think the, the major thing is for us to you know play at our best and make sure that we finish games, and so uh, looking forward to our guys playing at their best and, and another opportunity for our guys to play. We'll have some new new faces out there, but um, I think for the most part taking care of the football is important on offense and scoring points, and then on defense creating havoc and trying to get some turnovers. So that's going to be the key for us, and we have to be uh, the most physical team on the field today.
2: Okay, let's get to new faces. Uh, let's first of all hit your running back situation. How does it look today?
6: Yeah, it looks like um, the, the duties will be handled by Tyler Algier and who we play, had linebacker. We're moving back to running back this week, and Jackson McChesney. And then still waiting to see uh, get the, the hear back from our our uh, training room about Lapini Katoa. So um, obviously, Sounfi few is out, and we've been we've been hurt in that position. You know, soup um, is out as well. So, uh, some of the guys are going to have to step up and, and make plays. And Tyler and Jackson and, and possibly Mason Wake will be will be there. We we've traveled, Alec Mesa as well, just to make just to see um, where, where where we're needed if if, uh, if things went really bad. You know, but uh, for the most part, uh, I think those guys will have to handle it. They've had a good week of preparation, good week of practice. So, I'm uh, looking forward to see what Tyler and Jackson can do.
2: Sione was running so well. Uh, what a tough blow!
6: Unfortunate, yeah, and really a non-contact uh, injury during practice. And so it was, it was uh, uh, you know, just sad to see that happen to him. But but um, you know, lost for the year. So we'll have to uh, recover and, and get him all the help he can get so he can rehab it and be ready for, to go next season.
2: Okay, how do your uh, quarterbacks stack up today?
6: Yeah, um, Zach will take the, the snaps, and then we, we also have Baylor and, and Joe ready to go uh, when their number's called, and um, that's the way it's going to shape up right now, and Jaren, uh, we're not sure if we we're going to see him today.
2: Yeah. Uh, defensively, uh, you got Chris Wilcox back for a week, and, and he's already going to be out uh, for you today.
6: Yeah, I got a little banged up as well, and uh, I think uh, the most important thing is to get him healthy and ready to go, and, and I think the, still not in the best game shape uh, right now, but uh, just glad that he's able to get some full live reps last week, and um, you know he, we'll be missing him. And then Austin Lee had some issues last week as well, so he won't be playing today. And, and again, uh, we're still Lorenzo Falteau wasn't able to get cleared, so uh, the other guys have to step up. And, and looking forward to seeing some of the other. You know, we do have Troy Warner who'll be starting at safety with That's us, great. and so we'll, we'll see how how it all shapes up. But I think we have enough guys to go.
2: Uh, first impression of the of the environment here, the stadium at uh, at UMass.
6: Yeah, a smaller stadium, but we're not really worried about that. We're we're more concerned with that um, that we play our best and that we you know have another opportunity for our team to to have some redemption in the East Coast time zone. So uh, the last couple of times that we've been out here didn't go our way, and so uh, you know looking forward to, to making this go our way and, and and playing at our best and and our guys doing you know performing well. I know our quarterback's excited to go, and so um, I'm excited for this team, and and I know we will have some fans here and tons of respect for umass but um it's important that we play our best last week we had a lot of administrative issues and penalties false starts and so uh if we can eliminate those that'll give us a a better chance of success
2: with a smaller stadium maybe smaller crowd a team that's one in ten all these kind of things do do you have to take extra caution to make sure that your guys come out like really ready to roll here today
6: yeah we talked about what matters and what doesn't you know and so we gave a list of things that that really don't matter like the Uh, who's running the the tv and who you know which which refs are working the the game and uh, what the records are because it doesn't really matter what the stats are all that matters is what happens in the next 60 minutes that we play in this game and and uh, we're too we need to improve and we're too focused on what we can do as a team to worry about all the stuff that really has no bearing on the game and uh, I think our guys are focused Uh, they've had a great week of preparation and us being out here has been really good for them and I see a lot of excitement I I honestly see the 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 guys that when we got in the locker room be really excited about this game just like it was when we were in Tennessee so that's a good sign for us.
2: What about UMass reflects well on them like what do you see from a 1-10 team that says they're still doing this or that particularly well?
6: Well I think um, they've been they've shown that they can score points at times and they've been inconsistent at times but um, you know they've gone into some big arenas and played and this is their last game at home so really they, they have nothing to lose and so have to watch out for everything whether it's gadgets or um, they do a lot of things on special teams to try to get extra um, possessions and so uh, we have to be ready for it. We try to think of every possible way, every possible scenario that they they, they could throw at us and uh, I'm sure there will be some that uh, we may not have even thought about but I think the awareness level is up and that's all that matters for our guys and not be surprised by anything and I thought the coaches did an amazing job getting them ready. We'll see how it works out.
2: Kalani, hey, thank you for the preview. Here we go. We will talk to you post game.
6: Thanks. Let's go.
2: All right. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, bringing us to the Homie Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homey, who reminds you that there's no place like home. Playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homey's got your back. Saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homey Home Field Advantage. And with BYU's home season having concluded with a four and two record, we can now look ahead to what's in store at home in 2020. So here now is BYU's Lavelle Edwards Stadium slate for next season. Home games against Utah State. Rather, we'll start with Michigan State, which is the second game of the year at the home opener. Michigan State, Utah State, Missouri, Houston Cougars, San Diego State Aztecs, and the Lions of North Alabama. That's your slate for next year, 2020, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Break time now, and a note that title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our look ahead to BYU and UMass continues with the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show live from McGurk Alumni Stadium in Amherst, Massachusetts, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by... BYU Dining. A classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house. Same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. Let's head live to the Moat Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good morning, once again,
2: BYU football fans. Welcome back inside McGurk Alumni Stadium in Amherst, Massachusetts. On a beautiful fall day. Roughly 90 minutes inland from Boston, we are home of the UMass Minutemen. And today it is six and four BYU taking on the Minutemen, or a one and ten on the year. UMass's lone win of the season came against still winless Akron. It was the only game of the year in which UMass did not allow at least 44 points. Their per-game average allowed is 52.4. UMass far and away the most generous defense in the FBS. Expectations are for the Cougars to score early and often. I am Greg Grubel, joined in by my commentary partner, Riley Nelson, and we have with us in the booth our on-site engineers, Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Spotter, McKay Perry, back in Provo. Our pregame, halftime, postgame host is Jason Shepard down on the field. We have former BYU wide receiver, Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew comprised of BYU Radio engineer Sean Fay back in Provo, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Tanner Rall, as well as broadcast intern Jeffrey Carroll with us here in Amherst, intern James Habel is back in the studio at BYU Radio. We are coming to you live on the new skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. We are also over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2, along with our terrestrial flagship KSL News Radio. 102.7 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. You can also hear us on network affiliates over the air and streaming live globally on the BYU Radio, the BYU Cougars, and the KSL Radio apps. Broadcast archives and highlights can be heard on the BYU Football Podcast or at byuradio.org. Well, we alluded to it earlier in the pregame show, but the big news to emerge between our last broadcast and today's game, besides the Shone Finau injury news, which is rough, is the contract extension awarded to head coach Kalani Sitake, now signed up through 2023. His extension is also good news, by extension, for the coaches on his staff. As long as Kalani is happy with them, they can be happy with the head coach's new deal. Now, clearly the team was enthused by the news the players were talking about now. They love their head coach, and they wanted to see his contract extended. But as recently as six weeks ago, Riley, a longer deal wasn't a done deal. Uh, BYU was kind of floundering after back-to-back road losses to lesser regarded programs but man BYU did bounce back and has since won four in a row and due in large part you know to numerous changes Kalani instituted. All credit to him uh, for kind of changing the course of this season at its most crucial juncture.
4: You mentioned Greg where we were at at the um, uh, six weeks ago we had Won a couple of games that maybe we weren't expected to win, and we lost a couple of games where we weren't expected to win. So that was neutral. So it all really did hang on on, uh, BYU being able to, uh, in the last four weeks, turn it around, turn the season around and get things going. So uh, it's not it's not reasonable to expect perfection of any coach uh, but it is reasonable to expect adaptability and Kalani has proven that he is adaptable making the necessary changes both in responsibility of the coaching staff and the personnel to do it and credit to him, the biggest thing I see is he's he's been able to keep the locker room through all the ups and downs, not only of, of his tenure as head coach but through the ups and downs of this season, he's continued to keep that locker room. The loyalty of his players continues to come out week after week in their comments and in their play and performance on the field so credit to him and i like you am happy to see him around for a little bit longer all
2: right more of the byu store cougar kickoff show coming up after we remind you that this season byu football and mountain america credit union are changing lives for each field goal byu makes mountain america will donate 500 dollars to the american red cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs our pregame coverage of byu and umass rolls on right after this from mcgurk alumni stadium in amherst on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: The Cougar kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: From McGurk Alumni Stadium in Amherst, Massachusetts, the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show continues. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today, 6-4, and four are BYU visiting 1-10 UMass, on UMass Senior Day. It is the Cougars' penultimate game of the 2019 regular season, while well, for the Minutemen, it is their 12th and final game of the regular season. It is Senior Day for a group of players who have uh, not gotten the send-off they would have preferred. Indeed, uh, this season has been almost impossibly bad for UMass, and it's 35-year-old first-year head coach Walt Bell. And Riley, on that note, 1 and 10 is terrible, and 52-plus points per game allowed is almost inconceivable, but these are FBS scholarship athletes who put their daily time and energy throughout the year into an effort that has not paid dividends. Certainly, there are those who look at UMass football as kind of a laughing stock. But even a 1-in-10 team deserves athletic respect and personal respect. And I'd expect that uh, the way BYU plays today... We'll demonstrate that respect uh, both in how the Cougars prepared and how they go about their business.
4: It was a big part of the post game against Idaho State when the coach uh, for Idaho State acknowledged the kneeling down that uh, you know BYU got that last first down, was able to reneal off the clock, and they kneeled out the remaining two minutes. And you are so Kalani Satake that that was just one small element of the respect that he's garnered a coach and the respect with which he plays the game that he coaches his players to play with respect. Now, that said. <laughs> When you come into this game as a player, you want to score as many as much as possible and you want to sack as many as possible and you want to pick guys off and you want to you know you want to get in the end zone if you're a defensive player. But uh, the reality is they're probably only going to have the first two quarters to be able to do that because Kalani's style will be come out in the second half. You know, once the game is in hand, he'll shorten the game, run the clock, and, and do all of those measures. So um, I, BYU, I think you mentioned the respect. That will be on display here today. But I also expect a, a healthy level of competition to where BYU can assert their dominance.
2: All right, time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's a BYU football trivia question for y'all. Sione now done for the season with that knee injury, only days after rushing for 102 yards against Idaho State, and in so doing became the fourth freshman in four seasons to have a 100-yard rushing game for Kalani Sitake. Who were the other three? The answer next, as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues from... McGurk Alumni Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
2: BYU and UMass coming up here at McGurk Alumni Stadium, Amherst, Massachusetts. This is a 17,000-seat facility today playing host to BYU on UMass Senior Day. Before we continue, let's get the answer in today's BYU football trivia question in our UB the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mind. Here was the question. Sione Finau done for the year with that knee injury only days after rushing for 102 yards against Idaho State and in so doing became the fourth freshman in four seasons to have a 100-yard rushing game for Kalani Sitake. Who were the other three? Riley, you want
4: to take a run at this? I was just thinking. uh, Uh, I'll hint for you. Only one is still with the program. Is Riley Burt one of them? No. Man, I don't know. It's been hard for me to keep track of the stable
2: backs. 2016, K.J. Hall. Okay. 2017, Ula Tolutau. And 2018, Lopini Katoa, who's still with us but not likely playing today. There you go. All right, uh, so for the first time in weeks, Riley, we're not wondering today who will start at quarterback or uh, when Zach Wilson would retake that starting spot because Zach is back and will get a second consecutive start after going almost all the way last week against Idaho State. And in his return, after seven weeks away, Wilson threw for two scores, uh, tossed a late pick, generally looked like a guy uh, trying to shake off some rust, right? Uh, Riley, what did you see as a former quarterback who had to come back from injury a few times? Uh, What did you see from Zach in his first action since late September?
4: Well, the first thing that I was most encouraged about is I saw the same leadership I saw earlier in the season and saw last year as a, as a young player. He still commanded the huddle. He commanded the sideline, and the and the offensive players were responding to him as if he hadn't, you know, missed so much time due to injury. So that was the first thing. The second thing I saw was the same desire to make plays. He's Zach is a, a elite competitor and one who wants to make plays and not just make the normal play. He wants to make the extraordinary and make the big play. Uh, that said, I, it was notable that he was not in his top form understandably so coming back from injury I saw you know we often think about Russ from a physical standpoint and I think there was a little bit on some of the longer throws or throws where you got to put it into um, it didn't come out as clean which is you know just working back that that Uh, strength in his hand as the injury was to his throwing hand but the biggest thing I saw was maybe some rust in his mind just seeing things quickly reacting to them as quickly as he had in the past Uh, it wasn't terrible but it was noticeable as a former player that's something that I expect now that he's got that game under his belt another week of practice uh, uninterrupted with the ones I expect uh, to be a little bit sharper quicker decisions and more in time and rhythm throws
2: alright coming up we'll check in with Mitchell Juergens for his perspective as we continue with more of the BYU store Cougar kickoff show live from the Edwards Stadium make it beg your pardon from McGurk Alumni Stadium on the new skin BYU Sports Network
1: this is the Cougar kickoff show now let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars Greg Rubel
2: all right, a so BYU and UMass kicking it just after the top of the hour here at McGurk Alumni Stadium, Amherst, Massachusetts. Beautiful day, temperatures in the 40s, uh, just some, some high cloud cover to the, uh, to the south, but the uh, flag is uh, and not, not necessarily stiff out, just a, gently breeze, a, gently br- a gentle breeze blowing here at Amherst. Let's get the tail end of our national anthem. let's bring in our sideline guy Mitchell Jurgens, now from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. BYU has started 49 different players this year. That is most in the FBS. No other team's had more different starters than BYU at 49. The bad news is that likely means you suffered through a lot of injuries and BYU has. The good news is a lot of guys have gotten a lot of good reps this
0: year. Yeah, Greg, this year has been a very tough year for injuries, but to see what BYU has done despite the adversity and the schedule they've had is, has been quite remarkable. Um, you know, when you if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that BYU would lose Zach Wilson, Tyson Williams, Tristan Hodge, Troy Warner, and, and Chris Wilcox for the bulk of the season – um, I, I mean, I, I and, all, and still go, you know, have a chance to go eight and four, nine and four with a with a with a bowl game win. I would have thought that would have been a very bold prediction. Um, you know, with injuries, it gives other players a chance to rise up and prove they belong, which we have seen from so many players this year: Max Tooley, Peyton Wilgar, Chaz Ayu, um, Baylor Romney, Jaron Hall before his injury, Sione Finau before his injury. Uh, I mean, just some, a lot of players that have stepped up and proven that they can compete. Um, and, and so, you know, and not only compete, but help this team get to where they are today.
2: Mitch, good stuff. Thank you. And uh, you are layered, yes. But right now, not so bad in the sunshine, right?
0: No, it's great. As long as the sun stays out, uh, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be a happy camper down here. Riley
2: Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick coming up. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.